His name is Heston Blumenthal, our captain, as we take a journey to the centre of food on a mission to discover more about our relationship with cooking and eating. My name's Jay Taylor. I'll be your first mate on this trip, along with our fat duck navigator, James Winter. And on today's episode, I hope you've packed some snap, some crackle and a little bit of pop as we are diving headfirst into a bowl of breakfast cereal. From cornflakes to lucky charms, shredded wheat to all bran, we're exploring the history and secrets of our breakfast treats. So without further ado, let's meet the man who always turns the milk chocolatey, Heston Blumenthal. Heston, all right? Uh, all right. Hi, right. chaps. I remembered you it. See, all right. All right. <laughs> you cereal love this. <laughs> oh, oh start of a new cereal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Breakfast cereal. I've been looking forward to this one. I think this is going to be really good fun because I feel of, uh, of, of an area that we all have emotive memories, but also probably quite an evolving taste. Breakfast cereal feels like, feels like that, right? It's an incredible part oh, of Yeah. Part. And also, what's interesting, I remember loving um, uh, Golden Nuggets as a kid. Did you really? Yeah, Klondike Pete was the character. <laughs> and I remember on the back of the cereal packet, you could have his gold mine. So the little map into his gold mine, you could cut out from the cereal packet. I love them. And then years later, I don't even know if you can buy them anymore, but I, about 10, 15 years ago, I managed to find a packet and they didn't quite taste the same. But I wasn't sure if the cereal had changed, I'd changed, or both. Isn't that I a still enjoyed it. That is a good question, isn't it? Because if we get that occasionally with these things that have been so powerfully wired into us as kids. And sometimes yeah. they work. <clears> they? Like, oh, I'm back there. But that, they change quite a lot. Do you think it's maybe a sugar thing, reductions in sugar? Uh, I, I mean, generally, things evolve through uh, marketing. So whether they want to try and show you that um, this cereal is better or it's a financial thing or they, 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 they reduce the manufacturing costs because that's actually much easier than putting the prices up. I don't know. Do chocolate bars get smaller because they get smaller or because we get bigger? It's probably a mixture of of both of them. Yeah. So certainly I think cereal, cereal for us, when I say us, I'm talking about the three of us. And I'm talking about I'm talking for you two. Is such it's such it's so woven into our childhood. There's so much ritualization involved with it. There's so much connection with a box of cereal, even before you actually eat the cereal. Yeah, Just the boxes look at the themselves. boxes and the cartoon characters on them and all that stuff was so visually exciting. Yeah, yeah, completely. And just the idea, it was, it's one of those first experiences you have where when you first have a bowl of cereal, not at breakfast time, you have that kind of first, it's almost like a glimpse of the adult world, isn't it? Yeah. Where you can almost <laughs> yeah. do what you want. I don't have to have it at breakfast. I'm having, I'm having breakfast cereal at dinner time and it's just crazy. Especially when you're well, that, 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 that was a meal, right? That's a full ah, three well, that, that was That used to be the chef's. So Gordon, Gordon's probably going to kill me for this. Hey, maybe he'll come on a podcast. But uh, they would give, that was lunch. Cereal, Kellogg's. So chefs, <laughs> after chefs. you get home, cornflakes. So when you get home, and I had the same thing myself, you exhausted for some reason. I, I, two, for me, it was two choices. It was a 
piece of sliced white bread that I put butter on and put something, whether it's ham or cheese or whatever I find in the fridge, or a bowl of cereal. There's something so comforting about cereal. And I had a little look at this, where, where, does, where does the word cereal come from? And apparently, apparently, apparently it means it's actually set in stone. Ceres, C-E-R-E-S, which was the Greek goddess of um, harvest and agriculture, connected to barley. So we talk about, do we cultivate wheat or do wheat cultivate us? So all cereals really, really came about as like another version of, of bread that you added milk to when cows came along. Huh. So there's a deep, there's a deep rooted um, connection in there and, and, and uh, from also barley or spelt, which is sugar puffs. And I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm riffing here, but why, you know, when a, Bacon sandwich is one thing that can turn veggies or can make a, a, a veggie go back to meat. <laughs> I'm a veggie, but I'll eat a bacon sandwich. Yeah. Also, we talked about asparagus making your wee smell. Why does sugar puffs? Sugar puffs, your pee-pee smells of sugar puffs. And I don't know why. I mean, <laughs> there will be a reason. I just don't know why yet. James's true science ability comes in well, now. This is where yes. we need our facts. And also, James, I'm fascinated to know about the history of it as well. I'd love to know what the first breakfast cereals were and when they were. Well, yeah, I mean, from what I can see, it kind of grew out of, uh, let me just make sure, about the 19, well, the 1850s, basically, seems to be the, the, the beginning of, of breakfast cereals of sort. And they were... There's a, there's a German by the name of Ferdinand Schumacher, based in, in America, an immigrant, who started making oats ground in his back room in Akron, Ohio, apparently, started a company selling them, and that grew into Quaker Oats, eventually. So oats were very much the first kind of breakfast cereal, and it was a bit later when Kellogg um, got, in, got involved, and, and obviously it was all about the beginning, the kind of health benefits of these different cereals, and, and they used to run sanatoriums where flakes and breakfast cereals were, were part of that treatment, and then obviously that evolved into much more of a commercial unit where it became about selling cornflakes. So they ditched the whole health angle and added a load of sugar and suddenly all the sales took off and, and away we go. And, <laughs> and, and, and really everything kind of fell after that. I mean, after, a lot of them are produced by a process called extrusion, which I, I imagine Hester will be able to speak better on this thing, but it, it was a quite a big innovative moment where suddenly you could make these puffed rice things and puffed, every, everything was puffed suddenly and then and these great big machines in america would make these incredible popped versions of breakfast cereals which opened up a whole load of avenues for different kinds of textural experiences in the breakfast bowl and then really imagination just took over and as, as everything gets added in one form shape color extrusion is basically think of play-doh yeah you remember play-doh as a kid you make the dough it could be purple or red or whatever it is you put it in a plastic kind of squashy thing with holes in it and you'd squash, you make like pasta. You'd <laughs> squeeze it through holes. That's extrusion. That's how they make pasta. So what would happen is they could use these grains and oats and whatever, make them into like a bread dough, let's say, for example, or a dough, and then put them in a machine and then squash them through holes and make shapes. And then they could cut the shapes. Then they could bake them. They could dry them. They could fry them. 
They could microwave them. They could do all sorts of things with them. They could coat, give them coatings. Um, so it became a massive, massive thing. And the bizarre thing is now that if you have a bowl of oats, so let's say Quaker, James mentioned Quaker. So you just have plain oats, nothing done to them, and you put that in oat milk. That's a very healthy breakfast, porridge. Yeah. yeah. So uh, for me, cereal was a kind of evolution of the original porridge. Now, it's very difficult to find a cereal that is not so laden with sugar. So I looked up the top 30 highest uh, sugar content cereals. Ooh, go on then. Number 10, I mean, you think there's hundreds of cereals. Number 10, which was a shocker, is Special K. No, really? Special K is in the top 10 highest sugar cereals that exist on the planet. That's crazy. Think about how many sh properly sugary ones you'd imagine, like a bit of marshmallow yeah. and stuff in it. Goodness yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bikini doesn't know that. No, she doesn't. Oh, she, does, she, she does. She doesn't know she doesn't, bikini doesn't, anymore. She doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't. It's got more sugar than Reese's Pieces cereals, more sugar than Cheerios, more sugar than Cookie Crisps, and more sugar than Cocoa Pops. Wow. That is incredible. I had Which no is, idea that. To be honest, I, we might go, obviously litigation is always a possibility on this podcast, but they're not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. But that's why you think they're healthy. I, if they I, tasted nice, you wouldn't think they were healthy. It's a bit like, yeah. remember like the, the purgatory that is all bran. If you've ever tried, like, not even bran. Oh, well, that's the, that's the variety pack. Yes. You, <laughs> when you get the old brand, you are the one that has gone to the naughty corner. <laughs> it was always like a game of um, sort of poker as well. When you get the variety pack and you're sharing it with your brother or sister, you only get one go a day. So you're playing the long game there thinking, how do I get the ones I want, but not end up with the one with I the don't old want brand. Up, with the old brand. At the end Actually, I didn't, you know, I didn't look at the sugar content of all brand, but I, bet I, 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 I imagine it would be very high. Oh. All the granolas, all of this stuff that, you know, it's like when they, when I remember with Rice Krispies, I don't know if you guys remember, on the packet, I remember this so clearly, but I didn't know what it meant. There on the top uh, right or left corner, there was a triangle on the cereal box that said contains riboflavin and thiamine. No, what does that mean? They're vitamins. So oh. they pack them full of sugar, but it contains riboflavin <laughs> and thiamine, which is a really, you know, it, this must be good for me because it's <laughs> it got something be. that's yeah yeah thank god me for the riaflabin i've been really low on my riaflabins recently so i really need to boost that it's goodness me okay so so are we because i remember as a kid there was sort of a, a sort of sea change in my mind between growing up with things like weetabix shredded wheat cornflakes yeah. which all felt fine and quite workmanlike but not exactly i mean i like weetabix now but then there was the world suddenly the world changed and there was ricicles and there was ones with marshmallow bits and cocoa pops and even ones oh, that are literally yeah. like cookies literally cookies in a bowl with milk on them oh, well, well, well cookie crisps oh, yeah. cookie crisps have less sugar than special k and i looked up you know what number one is i've never had this can we, guess? Called... can we guess can we guess can we guess is it is it yeah, golden I, I never... grahams golden grahams no, Charles, I, I was gonna no. No, I've never heard of this before. Oh, go on. And they described it as candy in a bowl. So, James, <laughs> can you have a look? Because it was only yeah. this morning I looked at this. Sour Patch Kids. Sour oh, that's American, kids. isn't it? 
I've heard yeah, of I've, Patch I'm, Kids. Here we are. Yeah. Isn't that Cabbage Patch Kids? We had those when we were kids. Known as very bad kids in France. So you Sound can find this in your Intermarche. They're out it's there. It's got no fibre. The highest amount of sugar is Sour Patch Kids. Oh, well, let's come up when I've looked at it. It's some sweets. Uh, yeah. When I do it, yeah. it's sweets. Goodness. You're right, they're listed as a breakfast cereal. Oh, you can buy churros. Literally tiny. You know, tr- no, tr- churros come in at number... Then they're not churros are like number eight. They're not far from Special K. I wonder, James, could you have a look if Sour Patch Kids hits a red light? Oh, like four reds. Look. I'm trying to find out if they're even breakfast cereal. They just they appear to be little reds here, right? jelly sweets. I never heard of them until this morning. Cheerios as well. I'm curious about those because they're marketed as being relatively healthy. I mean, that's the sort of, in my mind, is the American... Because we don't really have we have them over here, but it's not as prevalent as the Rice Krispies and Weetabixes of this world, is it? I think no. Well, well, well James, while you look at Sour Patch Kids, I, I can say I remember when I grew up in London. My birthday treat was I lived near Paddington, and we went to Queensway. There was a, a cinema there, so my birthday treat was to go to a Chinese restaurant. Drink loads of jasmine tea and eat Chinese food with a spinny, lazy Susan around the table. It was a real treat. Then we'd go to the cinema, and then afterwards we'd go to the American... There was an American supermarket at the top of Queensway, and we'd buy a packet of popcorn, which was... Oh, my God, it was like Cracker Jack or something. It was where you get a little cartoon. Yeah. And Cheerios. Cheerios. And they had dried kind of marshmallow things with them, and that was an absolute treat. But Cheerios, without the marshmallow, have less sugar than Special K. Now, I'm just going to pause here quickly because, like most podcasts, we have a few sponsors on board to help us make the show and get it put out there for as many people as possible to enjoy. But we only ever try and team up with people we really like the products of and we think you guys will be interested in. And there's one here we really wanted to share with you because as we're starting to come out of lockdown and things are starting to slightly get back to normal, it is a bit of a confusing time for everybody. Are we working from home? Are we working away? What's happening? Where's our place in life? And that's causing quite a lot of stress, I think, right across the board. So one of the companies that we've teamed up with is Calm. That's right, Calm. They are here if you're feeling blue or need a mental reset. It's the perfect time to give them a try. We are partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app to give you the tools to improve the way you feel. You can clear your head with guided daily meditations. You can improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks. And you can drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories narrated by soothing voices like Killian Murphy, and Stephen Fry. If you go to calm.com Heston, you will get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming and new content being added every week. Over 100 million people around the world already use Calm to help take care of their minds, and it will help you sleep more, stress less, live better with Calm. So, for all of you out there, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription. All you have to do is go to calm.com forward slash Heston. Calm.com forward slash Heston for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. So take advantage of this great offer and give it a go. That's calm.com forward slash Heston. Right, after that. I need another bowl of cereal. Cheerios are extruded. So you imagine the shape of a Cheerio. It's like a hula hoop. It's a ring. 
So they push it out of a mold with a, with a imagine um, looking at, uh, think of a Play-Doh, you know, like a garlic press. Yeah, because that's how you'd make them in that sort of donut-y shape, right? You yeah, squish down. Come out, exactly. They come out like a spaghetti with a hole in the middle and then they cut them, chop them, chop them, chop them. And then they go through a process of sort of drying and frying or baking and frying or whatever, whatever it is. Um, I'm curious to know how healthy, because the Britain's most popular cereal is still cornflakes, followed by um, Quaker Oats in number two. And I'm curious to know if how healthy or unhealthy cornflakes are, because I do consider those to be they're, they're Actually, have a look again, James, after you've done, so you've got a list here. <laughs> after you've done Sour Patch Kids, it's just so we oh, don't get sued. Yeah. Well, you Sour Patch it? Kids already, well, Sour Patch Kids are a sweet, right? They are, they are very sour jelly sweets, but there is a... There's a breakfast cereal version of them. Is it sour yeah. cereal? It just looks like they just, I don't know how they do this. They've taken what is effectively a jelly sweet and, yeah. and I can't just turned it into a breakfast bowl and, <laughs> and you add milk. I don't know. Like I've never seen this before. I don't no, know. Me, me neither to this morning. It's all, <laughs> I, I, I can never see if I can find the pack information, but unfortunately what you'll find with this is very low fat uh, uh, product. So they're going to oh, get a green. They're low fat. They've got no fiber. They've they got already sugar market themselves blowing out of as a non-fat product on the sweet packet. <laughs> I noticed. So I imagine the cereal's got no fat in. Uh, James, after you've looked at Sugar Patch, can you see, can you have a look at how much corn is in cornflakes now? Oh, good question. And how much rice is in Rice Krispies? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good that's a good question i don't i i'm, I'm a, i i assume they're still puff grains of rice but maybe they're not they've got but, to be but, healthy though i still think rice krispies they're not no. well Ugh. they're full of sugar look at this the sugar is, content rice look at the sugar content of rice and then look at the sugar content of rice krispies so james james's list is is, is <laughs> so, so, so next thing corn do, how much corn do cornflakes corn yeah. currently have the beginning that yes they had a lot of corn now but now i just google this and obviously i'm using the internet as our source but apparently you're completely right 10 grams of sugar per 100 grams of rice krispies who'd have thought that well you would have clearly but um this is remarkable same as coca-cola is it God. It's the same 10, 10 grams of sugar, but it's the same as Coca-Cola. We've been looking at the sort of sugary negativity of it. However, we know that, as we've said, cereal contains a huge amount of, of nostalgia and happiness and joy. And that's something that you have actually channeled into <clears> the fat duck menu as well, which some people might not know about. The dish is there that you've used the, the nostalgia of cereal in. Do you want to talk a bit about yeah. that? Yeah, well, having having talked about sugar content in cereal, you know, to me, a lot of this becomes irrelevant. If you have a mouthful of cereal and it takes you back, you have a ratatouille moment or the Madeleine moment or just to the, the back to the future moment where you fall down the rabbit hole back to a wonderful childhood that you don't you don't wish you were back there, but you value it so much. It's magical. And for me, that overtakes anything with sugar anything doesn't matter you just value it you cherish it you're with it you enjoy it i remember as a kid sitting on the chair with my my feet swinging under the chair the looking at the packet back of the cereal packet 
eating the cereal, whether it was a snap, crackle and pop or the crunch of the cereal and thinking, am I going to, I don't want to leave this because when it starts to go soggy, I'm actually missing, I'm actually missing the sort of, uh, it, it's going away from me. And then <laughs> there's the milk at the bottom of the cereal bowl. And that milk at the bottom of the cereal bowl is magical for me. And then obviously you've got the games, you've got the toys, you've got what you read on the box and you've got the, even, I can even remember the, 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 the feel, the touch of my fingertips on the cereal box, opening the packet and then opening the plastic bag inside the packet. Is it going to open where the actual seal is or are you going to make some <laughs> bizarre rip? So whenever you pour the cereal out, half of it stays in the box. And then it's there, the playing card with the game in there. And then, the, you know, around the ritual of that, it's magical. So at the end of the day, if it's got a load of sugar in it, what's more important if it triggers some connection with yourself with your memory with with childhood in, in a wonderful way that to me eclipses any damage that sugar can do we live in a world that is so judgmental but if you connect with cereal you just it's 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 wonderful so when um, I did the the bacon and egg ice cream which was an accident really I was trying to um, make ice cream, classical French vanilla ice cream that didn't taste of egg. So I thought, why does it taste of egg? And it tasted of egg because traditional French cuisine tells you to cook a custard until it's 82, 85 degrees until it thickens enough. But when that thickening comes from the coagulation of egg yolks, so you've got on a microscopic level, you've got coagulated egg yolks, little bursts of fat, of, of, of rich eggy yolk flavor. And I didn't want that in my ice cream. So I thought, well, hang on a second. What happens if, you, if I, I reduced all the cooking temperatures in my custards to make the ice creams taste less eggy? So the, the egg yolks weren't so thick. But then I thought, well, let, let me do the opposite. Let me, let me scramble egg. Let's scramble egg and make an ice cream from it and see what, it, see what happens. So when I tasted it, after I scrambled the egg and I strained the custard and I tasted it, oh my God, it took me straight back to breakfast childhood and my holidays in Cornwall. And we used to go to the Seacroft Hotel. <laughs> and it was like a, I kind of had to explain this. It was a two or three starred, not mission starred, maybe yeah. a two starred hotel on the cliffs I can't remember where, near Pra, Pra Sands. And it was one of those restaurants where you went for breakfast and you'd have a glass of grapefruit juice on a doily in the morning. They had variety packs of cereal put in a cereal bowl. Yes. So the whole box was in the bowl. Bit of class. Uh, it was not a bit. It was class on steroids. <laughs> And for me, I, I was in this hotel and I could have fried eggs. So if, um, on the weekend, my breakfast was like tomatoes on toast or eggs on toast. So there was a Saturday. That was, that was a treat. It was a bit like my childhood version of a Sunday lunch. So here I am in a hotel on holiday by the sea. And I've got a variety. I've got a choice. I've got to make a choice. A variety pack of cereal or fried breakfast oh. or fried eggs. Oh my God, why make a choice? So the first iteration of the duck was the bacon and egg ice cream. And while I was doing this serving dessert, this led to uh, the eggs becoming um, dessert as a breakfast. So why 
do we think custard should be sweet, but scrambled eggs has to be savory? So scrambled eggs is basically just a custard that you overcook and add sugar to. But our context completely changes. So that started the bacon and egg ice cream. And so I was thinking about breakfast as a dessert, which sort of came about through an evolutionary period of imagination and, and, and self-questioning. We had a, this might seem very randomly um, disconnected, but uh, obviously uh, sweetbreads cooked in hay in a salt crust with cockles cooked a la plancha, braised lettuce, and parsnip puree. Obviously. So when I was making the, the parsnip puree, at the same time I was looking at how to turn breakfast into dessert and this thing about scrambled egg ice cream, bacon and egg ice cream. So I'd made my parsnip puree, I put the parsnips in the liquidizer, and I'd taken the milk that I was cooking the parsnips in. So I thought, rather than adding too much, because this parsnip flavor milk might be quite strong, I put some in, blitzed it. Before I put any more in, I tasted the slightly cooled down parsnip milk. And out of nowhere, it's like some humongous magnet had dragged me back into my childhood. It was the milk at the bottom of my cereal bowl. Amazing. I thought it was coming out of nowhere, yeah. isn't it? Uh, nowhere. Complete, like, be slapped round the face with something. My God, it's parsnips. But it triggered something in my memory. That was my, I had a ratatouille moment. I don't yeah. say ratatouille moment. It's the being the Pixar film where the, where the critic eats something. He's all cynical and he eats something. And actually, it's when it transcend, transcends good or bad. When it presses the button to take you back to a childhood, in a way that nostalgia, in a way that, um, not that, oh, my life is miserable now, but you just relive a magical moment, but you live it again as an adult with a different perspective. So time sort of expands. It's so precious. More precious. You can taste than, it. Can't you feel it? Oh, my God. It's incredible. So I thought, this taste, this milk, it's the milk at the bottom of a cereal bowl. My God, how valuable is that? I thought about cornflakes milk. I thought about um, uh, sugar puff milk. I thought about Frosty's milk. I didn't think about all brown milk or brown flakes. Or <laughs> Unsurprisingly. <laughs> that milk at the bottom of the cereal bowl is something left in it where you, all your cereal's gone, but your milk's there. You've got no soggy cereal and you just pick the bowl up and you, <laughs> and you sip it. <laughs> and, and that led to I was making ice cream with this. Unknown, unbeknown to me, this started a craze in America. There are restaurants uh, or, or, or snack bars open serving cereal milk ice cream that all came off the back of parsnip milk. Wow. So we had, we had cereal packets in the duck parsnip cereal i wanted to put toys in there and i wanted to we, we crystallize the parsnips and so you you have this uh, bacon and egg ice cream scrambled bacon and egg ice cream um and we 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 did it at the table so imagine a gas burner copper a copper pot at the table the the the, the little the, the six egg cardboard carton box of eggs but one of them has been injected, put a syringe in, you suck out the inside and then you inject it with a custard. You sterilize the eggshell first. I was watching Top Chef France last week 
and see these people do this here, they're cracking an egg and inside the egg is the custard. Well, <laughs> this is like 20 years ago. Yeah. So they crack, crack the egg into the copper pan on the gas burner, but there's no gas. It's just a prop. And then from a, a jug, we pour liquid nitrogen onto the custard and stir it. And it sizzles, but it sizzles from cold, not hot. And it looks like scrambled egg. It really does, doesn't it? It looks incredibly like But it's like ice it. cream. And then with that is the parsnip cereal. So this parsnip cereal um, absolutely is completely took me back to my childhood. It took me back to my childhood. So cereal milk, cereal ice cream, cereal milk, milkshakes, etc., etc. And so then in the new, the most recent iteration of the dark after we moved back from Australia, well, why do I put that at the at dessert? So we moved that whole sort of concept in the world of nostalgia with cereal to somewhere nearer the beginning of the menu. So the menu at the duck is a day's holiday. My memory of a day's holiday as a kid from morning to night in Cornwall, in this Seacroft hotel where everything was very posh, but I mean, it was like, a, it was a variety pack stuck in a cereal bowl. So it was pop people put bow ties on to go to dinner and eat, and eat you know, <laughs> Love it. cocktail out of a, you know, you know what a, a, I know exactly what you mean. Half a grapefruit for breakfast, classy kippers maybe. Yeah, oh, yeah, on the doily. It's exactly <laughs> half a great, a half a grapefruit. Yes. Yeah. That was as class as it got. What I decided to do, I, I took back my memories to, to I, I revisited my memory rather. And, uh thought i was so there i was a weekend treat was a cooked breakfast variety packs of cereal they were never at home no of course not no we're not millionaires well you're talking is madness no. <laughs> you'd have the big box but you wouldn't yeah. have the toy so i wanted to do like a kinder surprise you know with the old kinder adverts where they'd say uh three things it's not possible <laughs> yeah, this is a chocolate, chocolate a surprise, toy and a surprise. And a surprise, <laughs> three things. So I wanted to do the Kinder Egg of cereals. So in a variety pack, you get the excitement of the little box, and it's all yours. It's nobody else's, but it's in a it's in a packet that also contains all brands. So there's a bit of Russian roulette. Too. You're going to get <laughs> you're going to you're going to get the golden ticket, but it doesn't have a toy in it, and there's no games on the back of the packet. So we made these packets that have games on the back of them. And they have toys in the middle, in, in the packet that you can discover. But the cereal inside is savory, a bit like the pasta cereal. And then in the cereal bowl is basically, a, a, as they say in French, not a jelly, a gelée with a creme de blah, blah, blah. So it was basically bacon and eggs. It was a cooked breakfast, fried eggs, bacon, toast, tomatoes. And so there was a jelly, the, 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 the jelly, the puree and the cream was the cooked breakfast, but at the top of the cream would look like milk. So you have this bowl on the table that looks like a bowl of milk. And then you have a, the variety pack of cereal with your toy in it that you can read all the things off the back of the, of the back of the cereal packet and you've got to make the toy and then you sprinkle your cereal on the top and you eat it, but it's actually a cooked breakfast. So it was basically my the last in ev evolution of my serial day memories is the kinder surprise of three things. It's a toy, it's a surprise, and it's cereal. I just replaced the chocolate with cereal. I don't think it's better anyway. 
I think, it, well, by the sound of these sugar contents, it's probably, uh, probably about the same nowadays. Uh, and I've seen people eating these in the dark and the joy and the detritus of them sitting there surrounded by these multi-packs, like these little um, selection packs of cereal and all the looking at the thing. It's joy. People are just absolutely loving it. And yeah. it's the taste and the memories. It all combines fantastically well. And as you're talking, I'm thinking that the nostalgia of cereals are so rooted in different places, different types of cereals I've eaten connect me to different times in my life and different moments and places. Like you said, that hotel is the variety pack, not home. Home would be a different cereal. It's a very powerful thing, cereal, isn't it? Very powerful. I think it's... Well, it goes with it for your... for the whole journey of childhood is mapped for your different relationships with different cereals. As you were talking, I was thinking about those little variety packs, the, the, the discovery that you pour the milk directly into the inner lining, um, the little wax paper bit. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah. When you're camping, I never did you can, that. That's terrible. Well, you can, you can, you can do it when you're camping. Why is it when you're terrible? camping, Luke, it's wrong. That feels so yeah. wrong. All the guys you, listening, as you James, everyone listening, can we just can we just sort of just take a moment to look at Jay's face? What, oh, what yeah, you absolutely. just said to him, it was <laughs> it's like you insulted I, his grandmother. But I can only imagine why Jay not pour the, the milk into tents, just frowning at my little camp. <laughs> but why my, not do it? Because it's a sealed plastic bag. Disgraceful. Well, and you throw there's it straight stand, away. There's, a there's no washing up. There's, <laughs> there's no a washing line. up. <laughs> and there's no washing up. <laughs> and there's no washing up. Uh, James, did you have any luck with the cornflakes? Did you manage to? Uh, it only out? not well. It's, 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 I can't find a definitive percentage of corn in a bowl of cornflakes. I mean, I, I haven't. I maybe with a bit more looking, I could find it. But I mean, they do seem to be made of maize, which is corn. Um, but obviously, the list yeah. of ingredients these days are so baffling as to to what they might be. But there's, there's, you know, they break down the nutritional detail into such sort of molecular level, but it's hard to tell unless you know what corn is made of in terms of its vitamin, starch, fiber, fat oh, wow. elements. Yeah. It's difficult to know what's what. So how much of this is I, actually there? But uh, I still love I still love cornflakes. And I still love, there's something about when you put your hands, actually, maybe this is a bit, I'm disclosing something a bit intimate here. <laughs> you put your hand into a, you know, when I remember the feeling of trying to find the toy in a cereal packet. Absolutely. And when you put your hand, your fingertips and you're, you're, you're just, it's like you're playing piano. If only playing piano was that easy. When you have to find a toy. Because you've got to do it when your mum's you, not looking quickly as well before she goes, get your hand out of yeah. that box of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to end up with powdered cereal. So you sort of, you, you, you sort of twinkle away with your fingertips as you sort of work your way down and you've, you, you go around the inside of the plastic because normally it's either on the bottom or against the edge. And you've got to get it before your brother gets it as well. So he's got to get downstairs, yeah. get in the ah. box of cereal, and you've got, and you know you can't open the new one till the old one's finished. So there's a bit of planning on how much you don't want to be the one who has the last bowl. <laughs> the last, the bowl. The, <laughs> is that the, yeah, yeah. I I remember that um, a couple of years ago, a, a, a table family came for uh, to the duck for dinner, and it might be lunch actually. And it was the twenty first, I think, twenty first birthday or university graduation. They were twins. And they had that the variety pack because it doesn't. We don't. You don't just get one box. There's six boxes or eight boxes, depending. Even if on a table of two. So the idea is you open the cellophane. They're wrapped in cellophane, just like you would in the variety pack. Anyway, um, one. Um, I think uh, Dimitri, my um, restaurant manager, was saying 
I was talking to them and they were discussing the nostalgic trigger of variety packs of cereal. And one of the guys said, oh, yes, um, I remember because my brother always um i always ended up with the brown flakes and the twi the twin brother said you stole my memory oh. because it was me you stole my memory oh so they had an argument theft. yeah it was yeah serial memory theft that's fantastic well yeah. I, unfortunately like with most bowls of breakfast cereal we've had to gulp this one down and leg it because we have actually run out of time on our breakfast cereal episode but i do feel this is one we should revisit because there's still so much we haven't touched on this and it is a bucket of just amazingly interesting depths that we can we can go into this we would love to hear from you all out there with all your experiences of cereals around the world because i imagine there's some really curious ones out there so please do share them at hestonspodcast.gmail.com and at hestonspodcast on instagram and hey while you're there do us a favor why don't you subscribe to the podcast then we'll pop into your inbox every morning totally free and leave your comments because that helps the algorithms and other people to find us yeah. so we'd deeply appreciate that as well we're like the little why, uh, uh, little surprise toy in your podcast box yeah, exactly and why <laughs> hasn't anyone yet made algorithm cereal hang on it'll save the planet algorithm cereal <laughs> on that well you've been working on that Al sponsored uh, by. Uh, james thank you ever so much heston we really thank you guys it. We will speak to you again soon. Take care, everyone. I'm off for a bowl of Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> find them. I think they oh were removed God, from the shelves faster than they could put them out. Shocking. <laughs> shocking. <laughs>